Okay, so there's a legal tussle whether Kenya will or will not send troops to Haiti, police force to be specific. And what's emerged around the same time as this is happening is a so-called lobby group called Africa for Haiti. Now, me and William have met this lobby group. We, we've been at an event with this lobby group where they tried to infiltrate the event. And we're about to do a deep dive into who this group is and what they're really about. But before we do that, I've got a little video that I'm going to play, which is me confronting members of the group to find out if they could explain why they support the so-called peace mission into Haiti. Let's dig right in. Can I ask you some questions? Can I ask you some questions? If you're wearing Africa for Haiti, you don't want to speak to me? I just want to, I just want to ask some questions. You've, you've, got, you've got a t-shirt that says, we support Haiti peace mission. What did it say then? Swahili talker, speaker? Um, yeah, they're saying we sent them away from the main venue, so we shouldn't be speaking to them. But I mean, it's unfair considering we were invited as part of the media team, not the organizers. Okay. So I just want to ask you some questions, because in my opinion, in my opinion, you don't know why you're here. You've been paid to come here. Someone has paid you to wear these teeth. If you, if you believe what you're saying, if you believe what you're saying, tell me why you're supporting the, supporting the peace mission. If you believe in what you're saying, tell me why you support the peace mission. I don't speak Swahili. I don't speak Swahili. No, no, let me just ask. Let me just ask. Huh? You've come to infiltrate our event. So I should do out to interview you. What does that mean? You know me? Is that a threat? Is that a threat? Is that a threat? I don't speak Swahili. I don't speak Swahili. No money. No money. I, know I could defend why there should be hands off Haiti, but you won't speak to me. If you want to speak to me on camera, I'll speak to you on camera. Brother, brother. Why are you wearing a t-shirt that says, we support the peace mission? Please explain. Okay, William. Yeah. Final translation, what did she say? What was she saying? Yeah, I mean, the bit, they're, they're basically accusing you, since you told them, you know, you suspect that they are being funded, that's why they're in the, you know, event. They're also telling you, you're also being funded. So I think it's not that they are saying, no, we are here because of legitimate reasons. We want Kenya to go to Haiti because of so and so and so. <laughs> they're merely saying, Yes, you're saying you've been paid, but you're also saying you have been paid. <laughs> so they haven't denied that they've been paid, which I think speaks, uh, speaks yeah. volumes. Yeah. yeah. So um, I tried to ask them off camera a few times and they won't answer. So that's why it was a bit more confrontational when the camera started rolling. So just to give some context, we was at this event. Um, I'd say maybe 20, 30 minutes into the event, I went outside to, uh, to, to speak to someone and I saw these t-shirts being distributed and there was about 15 to 20 people they were all putting these t-shirts here and they all entered en masse at the same time now at the event there was only one person that could speak and articulate why they support the peace mission we're going to play a video from him later on but the rest of the 19 or so <laughs> members couldn't explain mm. now if you're going to go to an event I think it was on a Wednesday. Was yeah, that on a Wednesday? It was on Wednesday. You're gonna go to a when on a Wednesday around one o'clock, two o'clock, in the middle of a working day, yeah. you know, potentially stopping you from making money. You must feel very passionate about the topic. But, yeah. But yet they couldn't explain why they were there, which to me was very, very suspicious. Uh, so Clinton, what do you what, what do you think about just what you've seen so far? Uh, I think it's a crowd for hire. Literally, uh, like you've put it, that if you're going to leave whatever you're doing to attend to an event, you should be able to um, 
passionate uh, articulate about that issue and when someone points a camera at you you should take it as a privilege because you need uh, if you are passionate about something you want an audience you want to speak as to as many people as possible so if someone gives you an opportunity to be on camera you should literally take it as a gift because it's going to give you a platform to reach out to many people so when you shy away from the camera it literally shows to say these are people who were um, Probably somebody bought them lunch and with a promise of to sell, I'm going to get you a few beers afterwards. And no wonder even those t-shirts, they were disputed right outside the venue. So probably these people, when they were starting off from their homes, they didn't even know what the event was about. And it shows. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think just to, uh, maybe I'm not, hopefully I'm not jumping the gun and there's a video coming. But what Clinton has said, if you're going to an event, you know, so passionate enough that you even have a IT t-shirt on top of whatever you're wearing, it's expected that when you see a camera, you should be pretty comfortable in articulating why you're there, why it's important. And just to contrast between these guys and the people who are genuinely for the event, after this happened, Ahmed interviewed four, three people at random, you know, in the people in the immediate vicinity, you know, uh, why do you want hands off Haiti? Three people at random and all of them spoke at length as to why Kenya shouldn't go to Haiti. So I totally agree with uh, Clinton's point. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you one more question before we get into the, the, the main culprit here, the leader of this group. Um, has stuff like this happened before in Kenya? Do we see these types of things? Because the event was the day before the High Court ruling. And now their so-called leader has gone on to Spice FM. We're going to play a clip in a moment immediately two three days after the high court ruling mm. so you know have we seen this before when there's been kind of big issues of the day trying to mobilize support with these crowds for hire because i have not met a single kenyan that supports this peace mission we've sent cameras out to the streets of nairobi on multiple occasions no one supports this peace mission mm. we've sent cameras to the streets of port-au-prince in haiti no one supports this peace mission uh, in the Spice FM click that we're going to play in a few moments, in the comments, everyone is ripping this guy to shreds. So um, is this something that happens before, or is this like a new kind of battle frontier that we're seeing here in Kenya? Uh, I think it's, it's old, and uh, just a very recent example is the housing levy. Sometimes last year, sometime last year, the government kind of uh, issued a directive to deduct a percentage of from Kenyan salaries towards building what they call affordable housing, which you know are not affordable, but that's beside the point. Now Kenyans everywhere have come out in force saying, you know, we don't want this. If we want houses, we can build them on our own. Not to mention the government in question is untrustworthy; it's corrupt. So we're not really sure whether the money that they're taking from us will be used, you know, for actual uh, the actual purpose of it. Now, the government response to Kenyans' refusal to be taxed is to hire crowds. And one, or one group they've manufactured is the construction workers, where you see construction workers outside the Milimani law courts because the courts ruled the deductions are unconstitutional and the government should stop. So the government kind of paint this whole idea as democratic, as having the will of the people, basically hired a crowd. And the, the reason of how we know this is a hired crowd is one, for two days, these supposed construction workers camped outside the, the law courts. No construction worker in Kenya will leave their work for two days mm. to go camp outside court unless they had another avenue for money. Mm. So who was giving construction workers money to go protest? These guys were had 
clean helmets. Construction workers in Nairobi don't even have helmets. <laughs> clean wheelbarrows. Construction workers in Nairobi do not have clean wheelbarrows. <laughs> so this was clearly a crowd for hire, and yeah. that's the same pattern you see being repeated here. Yeah. I'm going to widen out the discussion in a moment just by comparing it to Sudan. In Sudan, we obviously had a uh, the military take over the transition to democracy, and it was a military coup that removed Prime Minister Hamdok. Now, they tried to say that it was a protest in favor of the military. Now, in Sudan, nobody <laughs> supports the military dictatorship. Literally, no, unless you're the son of a general, nobody <laughs> yeah. supports. So, citizen journalists just went out to interview some of these people, crowd for hires. They found some young boys that were told that, that, that came from the eastern part of Sudan. They were told there was a big football tournament and they could win loads of money, and that's why they were there. So, it, you know, I don't want to be too critical, apart from the leader who clearly, who clearly has agency and knows what he's doing. I don't want to be too critical for these kind of courage for Harris because they usually go to the most, you know, un vulnerable, underserved, uh, you know, those without privileged communities yeah. and try to grab the crowd for hires from there. So I don't want to be too critical towards them, but more towards whoever it is that sent them. Yeah. Because we went on... Africa for Haiti, they have no website, but they have these super, super, super clean, well-produced t-shirts. The, uh, what, what's, his, what's his title? Chief, chief Inspirational <laughs> Officer. Yeah, the guy that leads it right. is Chief Inspirational Officer. Remind me of his name, Clinton? Uh, Edward Gitaiga. Edward Gitaiga. He's also currently the CEO of three other companies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you check out these other companies, they don't seem to have any other employees apart from him. So he seems to be a very suspect guy. He claims to be a youth leader, but he must be about 45 or something like that. So I don't know, we're being, we're very, being very loose with the term youth. Um, so I'm just, uh, and, and every time he spoke about William Ruto, he kept using the term His Excellency. So it, it seems very, very suspect to me. And, and you know, something that we will be looking into Further. Any other thoughts before we jump into the, into the next video? I think just to repeat what you said, it's unfortunate that the government is misusing people who are like, you know, this vulnerable instead of creating opportunities for dignified living and, you know, having this pool that they could now, you know, give them peanuts and have them as crowds for hire. So I think that's, that's the real tragedy here. Yeah, sorry, Clinton. No, no, actually, I was just agreeing with William. It's one reason why sometimes I feel that a lot of African politicians, the so-called leaders, do not have a genuine interest in eradicating poverty. Because kind of poverty kind of sustains their stay in office. Because if people have got jobs, if fields have got jobs, they are not going to render themselves to be abused like this. So the, the abuse of whatever thrives on poverty. So sometimes they just wish to always have a sea of poverty. Then it makes them easy to always have an easy access to such people who they can just at any time you get them, you load them on a bus. And also in Zambia, we've seen it literally. There are certain incidences where a politician who, who claim they're going on a nationwide campaign, every day that person is addressing the same crowd. So they get buses, move people to a rally, then you address those same people, then they're taken to the next location. I remember at one time this politi a politician, he's now, uh, yeah, yeah, he was addressing a rally. Then they were, when he would say something, there was no response from the crowd. What happened was because when he was speaking in English, unfortunately those people, most of them, they didn't understand English. Then the translator was translating in the local language of that area where the rally was being held. But the people at the rally had been brought from another part of the country, so they didn't understand the local language. So yeah, so you, you see such things, and literally, if people, someone has got a job, you're not going to allow yourself to be passed around the country for a period of two weeks. Yeah, yeah. 
Politics. We call it politics. Let's play the next bit and then I'll let you jump in. Yeah, I, mean, okay. I just want to uh, on Clinton's point, point about uh, African leaders not being interested in eradicating poverty. I think it's generally an African elite problem because if you look at the elites in, say, Europe, in the US, these are like titans of industry. But African elite, their only claim to fame is being plantation managers for you know, the institutions such as the World Bank and the IMF. So if they empower the African population, what will their claim to power be? His Excellency. Africa, Africa, His Excellency. Oi, Africa okay. owes Haiti. Africa you support him? You support him? Africa owes Haiti. Africa owes So you're supportive of William Ruto? Just say who, what Africa you are. Owes it's a simple question. It's not about Ruto, it's about Haiti. You call him His Excellency, you obviously support him. Africa, yes, he's a president. He's a president. Kenya. I'm not calling him his excellency. You're proud because you're support. Okay. okay. So let me finish my point. No, no, no. You'll be speaking no, for late. I have to speak. Let me finish my point. Are you speaking longer than I? I haven't spoken. I need to respond. You said a bunch of mistruths. Can I address the mistruths? Can I address the mistruths? Yes or no? Hold on a minute. How long? Okay. How long? How long? How long? How long are you going to speak for? Because I need to respond to something. Okay. Finish. And then after this, I get to speak. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Go for it. So that's what I'm saying. The lady who are with us are the yes. ones who say that you are trying to tell them to say they've been given money that's not what We're i said here. no that's what they say i know but you're not letting me respond to that you've made an allegation but no, i'm not allowed to respond making allegations. you're repeating an allegation lying. you're repeating an allegation so let's say this yeah can i respond Kenya to it is a free country yes we're allowed to have our opinion yes and we are supporting the peace mission okay for haiti this is a meeting for fair haiti. enough fair enough we fair have enough. not even disturbed anybody we have not caused a lack of peace have we madam not nothing but keep in mind that our president is ruler. Okay, now we've got somebody else speaking before I've got to respond. Can I respond? Okay, perfect, perfect. So what I ask... So are you a journalist? I'm a journalist. So you're responding I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an African though, so everything that happens in Africa I'm invested in. You, I can't sit this out. This affects my children, my children's children. Anyway, so what I said to the sisters was this. Hi, sisters. You're wearing a t-shirt. just call them? Yeah, sisters. sure, sure, sure. sure. Sisters. But just ask them not to shout because when I tried to speak to them before... No, when I tried to speak Kidogo, to him before, Kidogo, please. When I, uh, uh, there is an interview. When I tried, to, let, hold on. Uh, I'll just respond and then they can Jenny, come. Wait, wait, wait. Come. I see. They don't want to interview. This is exactly what happened before. Perfect. They've just proved my point. They just proved my point. I don't so know I, what narrative you're no, no, so, to say. No, no. You interrupted me. You interrupted me. So I didn't interrupt you. Yeah. So I said to the sisters, "You're wearing a T-shirt that says Africa for Haiti." Yes. I asked is them. Is there a problem with that, brother? You're not even letting me speak. I did not. I did not interrupt. Please just let me speak. I asked them, can you explain why you're wearing a t-shirt that says Africa for Haiti? None of the women could explain, yeah? You've just explained. I'll say quite eloquently you explained. I asked them, none of them could explain. So, as a journalist, I have critical analysis of these things. No, 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 that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I asked questions and it's all on the live. I said, if you can't explain why you're wearing a t-shirt that says Africa for Haiti with on the back it says we support Haiti peace mission if you've come to an event and you can't explain the reason why you're wearing a t-shirt then I have to assume no, you see, hold on you hold on hold on hold on hold on see can you, audience audience can you see this I'm trying to talk can you see this I'm trying to talk and I'm getting into it brother can you see I'm just, I let him speak at length I let him speak at length. No, when it's time, when it's time for me to speak, that is unfair. no, 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 brother, because brother, 
he harassed those women. I tried to respond. I tried to respond. You have an intention. No, 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 no. Trying to paint us in a bad picture. You said, you said it's unfair that they did not let you speak in there. You're not letting me speak now. Okay, go for it, man. Got it. So you're not let you walking away. Yes, because I can't. You're fake, man. I'm fake. So, so you spoke at length, and I said, you saw that. You saw that, yeah. So just because it wasn't all clear from the video, he started off with His Excellency William Ruto. Now, you don't refer to him as His Excellency unless you're a supporter. Not, it's particularly not now where his approval ratings are at an all-time low. Yeah. Where, you know, we've got the, the finance bill, the housing tax, mm -hmm. all these other things. You're not going to find someone on the street that's going to start saying <laughs> His Excellency William Ruto. And every time he talked about him, he kept on saying His Excellency. That's point number one. Point number two, um, the video starts way before that, but we didn't, want, we didn't want to bore the viewers with everything that he said. Um, he spoke, he promised that he would speak, he gave like this, this briefing that he got, and then he said afterwards he'd let me speak. As we saw, he wouldn't allow me to speak, and said we're fake, he'll set up his own <laughs> African stream. Um, so, after this event's happened, the next time we see this guy, he's at Spice FM, yeah? yeah. So, do, do you guys want to say anything, or we're going to jump straight into the Spice FM clip? Yeah, we can go to Spice. Perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. So he's on Spice FM, and uh, yeah, here's what he was trying to, to argue on Spice FM. The Security Council has primary responsibility for maintenance of international peace and security. It has a member, 15 members and each member under the charter. All member states are obligated to comply with the council's decision. So all Kenya did, all His Excellency the President did, all Kindiki did was to follow and comply as a member state of the United Nations. If that was the case, and I'm going to stop you there, if that was the case, mm -hmm. why did we not see every single member of UNGA, the 100 complying. something nations <laughs> complying if it was obligatory? Let me tell you. Hold on. Because mm -hmm. what we are saying here mm -hmm. is, here is a suggestion to the world. Haiti needs help. Mm -hmm. There was no hammer to your head that said, you must do this and you must comply, such as what you're suggesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because if that was the case, every single country that subscribes to the United Nations would be sending troops. Indeed, but you see, mm -hmm. there is democracy in the United... There's democracy in you're the mixing, United Nations. No, 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 no. You're the one mixing. You've you're just asking. Said, no, no, no. no. You've just said that because it has come from the Security Council, Everybody who hears what the Security Council has said is obligated to comply. Now you're saying there's democracy. No, which one you're is not it? understanding me. <laughs> this sister Rick's a little one. We'll, 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 we'll go back to back. We'll go back to back. She's got another clip. There have been nations with military might, military intelligence, mm -hmm. all manner of um, resources at their disposal. One of those countries being the United States. And there's been occupation in Haiti mm -hmm. for the last two decades. And if anything, the situation has deteriorated. So my question is, if a country, which many have a claim that is the strongest on the globe in terms of its military might and expertise, has not been able to invite and maintain a situation of peace, mm what then do we think will be done now that will be different from what the united states was not able to do thank you 
It's a beautiful question. I thank you. Just like <laughs> the person who said it. Let me tell you, not so long ago, similar noise that we're hearing today was being made about the Somali matter. Mm -hmm. We were being told that KDF is going to occupy Somalia. Mm -hmm. We'll react to this bill and we'll go back to the one before quickly. Mm -hmm. So, firstly, if he tries to go with flattery, it's a beautiful question. Yeah, he knows his scope. Just like the person that's asking it. The reason why he said that is because she's got her foot on his neck. Oh, for sure. She's got for him sure. in the corner. For sure. And yeah. he thinks, yeah. yeah, maybe I can just use some flattery. <laughs> and she'll just easel, ease out of this a little bit. Secondly, he said this at the meeting when I spoke to him in the long video yeah. that we haven't played. Yeah. Well, we played half of it, sorry. Mm. He keeps talking about Somalia as if it's some sort of renowning success. It's not. It's not. So, Kenya entered Somalia in 2011. Yeah. It, it was, the Westgate shopping mall terror attack happened in 2013. Yeah. There was uh, another mm, one. Garissa. Garissa. Yeah. That happened what year? Um, I'm not entirely sure. But it was, it was after. post post 2013. Yes. Yeah. Is it the Hotel? That's another one. That's yes. yet another one. So, there's been, there's been all of these terrorist attacks that's happened post Kenya entering Somalia. Uh, into Somalia. That's just on the Kenyan side. In Somalia, Somalia still uh, occupies large swathes of the Somali uh, uh, country. Uh, Al-Shabaab, every, every other month, because I'm a quote-unquote British citizen, I get a message saying, uh, be careful in Lamu. Uh, Al-Shabaab yeah. Al terror, terror attack is, you know, the, the, the alert uh, level has been raised. Mm. So what, in, in what way is it a success? Please explain to me, in what <laughs> way is it a success? How many Kenyan troops have died in Haiti? It's numbering, uh, sorry, in, in Somalia. Somalia. It's numbering uh, the high hundreds, possibly thousands. Mm. So how is it success? That's on the understanding. Mm. First, to start with the question, you know, what, what will Kenya do differently that the United States has not? Mm. And I think in both these instances, one, the whole adventure into Somalia was a failure. Mm. And the reason there's a problem in Somalia, again, is because of the Americans. The reason Al-Shabaab exists as a threat is because the, the Americans used the Ethiopians in 2006 to destabilize Somalia, which had just begun to get out of the 1991 crisis after Siad Barre was ousted. And after Ethiopia being a proxy of the United States had just muddied everything, now you have the Al-Shabaab popping up out of the vacuum. So this guy does not even question the same same force that has given the Horn of Africa all these problems is the same same force financing Kenya to go to Haiti. And again, America and Haiti, uh, you know, just maybe going back to him saying, you know, it's a democracy, but at the same time, all UN members are compelled. Mm. Before Kenya was settled for, the U.S. courted Canada, Canada refused, yes. the Bahamas, Jamaica, they yes. all refused. Yeah. Why doesn't he ask why all these countries refused and Kenya is the only one that yes. agreed to go to Haiti? Haiti's problems are a creation of the United States. Yeah. The United States, through the U.N., which is you know, basically subservient to Western interests, have been there, they only left in 2017. They, they, they raped women, they raped children, they killed over 10,000 by dumping sewage into the river. So the people of Haiti, one, do not want this uh, deployment to, to, to their country. They know exactly what foreign interventions mean for them. Mm. And for this guy to say, you know, uh, Kenya, Kenya has had success in Somalia, which it hasn't, 
to kind of justify Kenya going to Haiti without investigating the root cause of the problem in, in Haiti, looking at their actors and questioning whether this particular approach is the correct way to you know, resolve Haiti's problems. Because for one, how do you trust someone who burnt down a house to come you know, to help you put out the fire, as yeah. you mentioned in uh, the uh, podcast we had last time? Yes. Yeah, I think also, yeah, it's a very critical question to say, what are they going to do that hasn't been done before by military forces that are better equipped, probably better at intelligence collection, and um, also they were there in large numbers, because one of the U.S. interventions, I think, was it in 1994, the so-called uh, Operation Uphold Democracy, they had deployed over 24,000 U.S. Yeah. forces. Yeah. When they left things were, got worse. Yeah. Then you had the Brazilian force that was deployed between 2003 and 2017. It was a much bigger force. And also when you look at Brazil, not to demean uh, the Kenyan security forces, but Brazil, you've got forces that are coming from an environment which might be similar to Haiti. Yeah. You know, those are police who've served in Rio de Janeiro, in the favelas and whatever. They are much more better equipped and experienced at fighting gangs in urban areas yeah. than the Kenyan forces. Yeah. So if those two forces could not manage to resolve the, 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 the crisis in Haiti. What makes someone believe that 1,000 Kenyan forces are the solution? So the truth is that Haiti does not need a military solution. There's no military solution that is going to solve the challenges that are in Haiti. So we first have to address to say the challenges that are in Haiti, they're a creation of the West wanting to prescribe to Haitians on how they should run their society. Mm. That's a root cause. That's a genesis of the crisis in Haiti. Then now we are using the same failed method now we want to repackage it and we think by sending a smaller contingent of forces who've literally have got no experience in the caribbean uh, territory or anywhere in the western hemisphere they don't speak french they don't speak the Creole language and they say you're going to put 1000 and voila all the problems in haiti are resolved then also a force which is going to be seen as an intervention forces an occupying force cause one is a force which is not going to have the support of the local population like you said the past intervention forces they raped women there were issues of human rights abuses and whatever so haitians have got very little to no appetite for foreign interventions so this is a mission that is doomed to fail from the beginning the only people who are going to pay the price are the mothers the wives and the siblings to these Kenyan forces, who are literally going to be sent to almost certain deaths? Yes. Well, he reckons he's got the solution for all of that. Because according to him, and according to His Excellency William Ruto in the, U in the UN General Assembly speech that he gave last year, this is a Pan-African mission. <laughs> and this is what this guy is going to say in one of our final videos. Let's play it. We also want to propagate and show that this mission is not about imperialism. This mission is a pan-African mission, like our president said when he gave his speech during the United Nations General Assembly. It's not about imperialism, William. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look, here's the thing. If you recognize, if... Okay, a Clinton is my brother. Uh, I know maybe the guy next door used to rob him. The reason Clinton is poor is because, you know, the guy uh, maybe stole the guy's bananas from the farm. And then you want to tell me the guy that stole the bananas has the moral high ground or has Clinton's best interest at heart. Uh, when Ruto went to uh, the UN General Assembly and said, you know, this is a pan-African mission, we have to care for brotherly people in Haiti, I think he should have first addressed why is Haiti in the situation it's in today? The French made Haiti pay reparations for freeing themselves from slavery for, I think, over 100 years. 
And when President Aristide put forth one of his initiatives as having France repay back the money that Haiti was forced to give France, he was removed from power. Mm. President Ruto didn't look at that. He only looked at the 200 million shillings that the U 200 million dollars that the United States was giving him to go into Haiti. The same same party that stole all of Haiti's gold and took it to New York. So why are we conveniently ignoring all these economic yeah. and political and social sabotage in Haiti and instead conveniently settle on a, on a military intervention that is funded by the United States? Yeah. Okay, he says it's Pan-African. Look at uh, the DRC, 6 million people displaced. Mm. Look at Sudan, now we've gotten to 8 million people displaced. Mm. There is Kenya itself. In Kapedo we have children cannot even go to school for I think more than a year now because mm. the bandits have not given the region peace. In Northeastern, you have the governor of Mandera saying 60% of the county is under control of Al-Shabaab. Mm. In Lamu, we see a video every few days of the, the KDF being blown by IEDs. So why are we ignoring all these problems in our region yeah. and going to Haiti? Yeah. Is it because the United States is not giving us money to fight our own problems? And if you're going to talk about the DRC in Sudan, just over Christmas, uh, Kenya was hosting rebels. Rebels <laughs> accused of destabilizing the DRC. The Sudanese army, whether it's true or whether it's not, you know, they haven't presented evidence so far, but they claim that the RSF is supported by President William Ruto. So rather than aiding as on this pan-African mission, <laughs> your neighboring countries, Ruto's potentially playing a destabilizing force for sure, in, for the, sure. in, 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 in this region itself. Precisely. So maybe, maybe instead of escalating conflict somewhere else, how about de-escalating conflict at home. Yeah. Um, now, just, ab just about this UN General Assembly speech, we've covered it before, but something I find quite interesting in this Pan-African white, you know, this Pan-African washing attempt mm -hmm. of this mission. President William Ruto rightly and correctly diagnosed the problems <laughs> the problem, of, of Haiti. Idea. What he did, though, was not say who the problems were caused by. He said Haiti has had problems with interference, mm. people not respecting their sovereignty, people not liking the fact that it was the first but He says all this type of stuff, <laughs> but without saying, who mm. are the people that don't like it? Yeah. Who are the people that destabilised the country? Uh, we've got one more video after this and we'll wrap up. Clinton, anything to say about this Pan-African mission that is not imperialist, according to this brother? So, yeah, yeah, it's laughable. It's laughable, like, literally. Uh, it's a, a Pan-African mission concocted in the corridors of the White House. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very hard sell. And like I said, it's one thing to try to convince people to believe in something. I wonder if he even believes his own words. I was going to have a bit, I'm, going, I'm always against any form of intervention. But maybe if this was a decision that somehow emerged from the African Union Secretariat in Addis Ababa. Although we know the African Union also has got some influence, a lot of influence from the West. But it was a bit going to be probably an easier pill to swallow. But this one, literally just that Kenyan decided to say, uh, I mean, sorry, the United States, to package their imperialism now in some black packaging. Yeah. And then they th say, this is Pan-Africanism. Yes. And our brother here is literally their chief marketing officer. Yes. And also, you know, it got past the UN Security Council because China and Russia, Russia and Spain, they didn't use their veto. If it would have been the United States or Canada, they would have used their veto. So this black face on imperialism is effective not only in trying to sell it to the public, but also trying to bypass the UN Security Council. Uh, we've got one more video and then we'll wrap up. So context, while this video is loading, um, during the live, 
one of the guys, very big muscular guy, I don't know what, if he was there for, for extra muscle or what, <laughs> he said to me, I want to speak to you on camera, and this is the message that he had to give, so I'm going to play it. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? I want to thank the yeah. But it's, it's the message. Yeah. But I want to talk to Africans who are like just like us who want peace. It's like everywhere in Africa. We are speaking different languages, so we should first of all appreciate even our colonial masters for bringing us a language. Appreciate the colonial masters. For bringing, for giving us a language. We should appreciate the colonial. That's the message you want to give yeah, to the yeah, African yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So because they, he decided they, to speak to me. Yeah, yeah go for it. They, they, they left us a language. Okay. That we can speak and understand each other. Okay. Okay. For that sort of only, we appreciate you guys and we say thank you. Yeah. You say thank you to the colonial masters. Yes. For okay. giving us the language, we can speak and understand all of Africans that can understand, which is English. We thank you for that. That's the, that's the one message you want to give? Yes. Why? Okay, okay. William. Yeah, my question is why, why, why? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how does that serve the agenda of Africa for Haiti? <laughs> That was, that I asked him several times. So is people that the say, one message? Is that the one message you want to give? You Africans. Um, yeah, I mean, we could, we could dissect all of this nonsense about how English isn't the great gift, you know. Yeah. There's 200 million people that speak Swahili. We could get into all of that, but I'd rather focus more on the fact that he is here for African behavior. Mm. His one mm. message wasn't, we're doing this to support our what brothers in Haiti. Video, yeah. We're doing this because Haitians need us. Mm. We're doing this because Haiti was the first African republic um, anywhere in the world, or for first black republic where slavery was abolished. None of that. He says, my one message is I want to thank the colonial master. And for some reason, he thanks me. What makes him think I'm a colonial master? I did not understand. I did not understand. Clinton. Yeah, uh, my one message is that don't take drugs before going to public. <laughs> <laughs> That's drugs, definitely. Yeah, like, yeah. why would someone self-sabotage yeah. like that? It doesn't yeah. make any sense yeah. at all. You literally demand to be on camera, yeah. and, and that's one message. Fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I've, I just noticed, on the t-shirt, it says, Africa for Haiti, a unity initiative. Something that this guy said, the one person that could speak um, in, on Spice FM, he says, this is an, a unity initiative, and the, the woman asked him, what's your plans? He says, they're going to do a concert. Oh, my. A concert, yeah, in Nairobi, uh, in support of the peace mission. I guarantee the only people that will be at that concert are the artists that have been paid on the stage <laughs> and the crowd has been paid <laughs> yeah, to attend. Yeah. The second thing they're going to do, check this, they're going to do workshops. The woman said, where are you going to do workshops? Miami. And New York. And New York, yeah. Now, this is a Pan-African... Initiative wow. apparently, yeah, supported from by the youth in Kenya and by the youth in Haiti, and they're going to do workshops in Miami, in Miami and New York, yeah. Any final words before we wrap this up because we've been going on for a long time? I feel I let Clinton go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I just want to say it's very telling that this organization, these guys, they're fraud. So probably these are people who would sell their own grandmothers for the right price. <laughs> so I just feel to say it's one reason why a lot of Africans need to be very aware that not every African is revolutionary, not every African is anti-imperialist. So as much as we have to be on the lookout 
for enemies who refuse to say they are from outside. We have to know that inside our own homes, we've got snakes that are doing the, the bidding of those uh, who are the outsiders. So we just have to be very much aware and we should be able to have that discerning eye to be able to know to say, no, just because the message is coming from an African, it doesn't mean to say that message has got the interest of Africans and we have to latch on it and support it. No, we should be able to know to say, we've got the enemy inside. Mm. I think for me it will be the fact that we have these NGOs or these imperialist forces shows that what you know people who are against this initiative, actual Pan-Africans, actual anti-imperialists, have a solid message and the message is resonating. That is the only reason, as you mentioned in the podcast before, that is the only reason, for example, President Ruto tried to paint this as a Pan-African initiative and that's why this particular NGO tried to infiltrate that event to kind of sell the idea that Africans or Kenyans actually support this peace mission, which Kenyans do not. So I think it's basically uh, you know, a call, a wake-up call for Africans, for Kenyans to be in touch with history. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Mm. And for these people, I mean, it's it really worth it man look at this guy praising the colonizer for giving us english <laughs> what what is the other what is the cost of us learning yeah. that colonizer's language yeah yeah for me the whole experience is quite positive i'll tell you why um i've been to i've lived most of my life in the uk i've been to many demonstrations many protests and towards the end i was starting to think they were pointless i was trying to, i was starting to think it doesn't actually matter what the sentiment on the street is to affect change but the fact that you're trying to get a crowd for hire Mm. means that the sentiment on the street does matter, yeah? yeah. The, the, at the moment, the sentiment on the street here in Kenya is overwhelmingly against this so-called peace mission. And the High Court has so far reflected a sentiment on the ground. What these guys are trying to do with these crowds for hire is, is do the inverse, mm. yeah? Counter-revolutionary activities affect the sentiment on the ground. So it gives me hope that actually sentiment on the ground does matter, organising, does matter, raising people's consciousness and making them aware of their place in the world and how it's related to a larger struggle does matter. So, you know, it, although it is disappointing to listen to someone that looks like me thank the colonizers, overall, I think there's a positive message to take from this, that actually, you know, when, we, when, when, when we're organized, when we know what we're talking about, we can affect change. Sure. Okay, I think it's been a long one, so we'll wrap up there. Uh, I've been Ahmed Cabello. Clinton Zala. William Sakar. Until next time. Peace.